uh, I want to I kind of get into this message with the idea that God is going to show us some, some very important things today as well. Now, all of these letters went to all of the churches, so they all were able to see the different problems that they were facing. He, it was encouragement. It was correction. There was a lot of things there that Jesus talked about in these things. So we'll just start out. I want to just pray, and, and uh, we'll just get into the Word. Father, thank you for the Word of God. God, I thank you that, Lord, we have a standard by which we can live our lives we can also gauge truth by your word. And Lord, we come to you right now and ask that, Lord, your word would just penetrate our hearts this morning. I pray for anointing. God, I realize that, that in myself, Lord, I have no ability to teach your people, Lord, but your word it does not come back void. But God, I ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon me right now. I pray that you anoint each heart, each ear to receive your word as a minister in Jesus' name, and amen. And it says, And the angel of the church of Sardis write, These things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. And this is speaking of Jesus. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive. Or you have a reputation that you are alive, but you are dead. Man, what a... What an encouraging word that is. You have a reputation that you're alive, but in reality, you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. In other words, there's, there's some stuff, there's still some life there. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. We sang that song, Lord, let my roots go down deep. That's what he's talking about. Stand strong. Hold fast to those things which are true. Hold fast. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. Jesus gave us several examples in scriptures. He said, watch, be alert. Be aware. Keep our eyes open to the things that are going on around us. You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels." He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And so as we read these scriptures here, this is not a, a big, long discourse, but there's some things in here that are very important for us to understand today as a church and as individuals. You realize that the church is made up of individuals, right? You're individual people that come together to worship the Lord together, to be taught, to encourage, to strengthen, to teach, and to bless others. And so when we come together as a congregation, we come together as a local church, but we're made up of individuals. We're individual people, and the Lord wants to speak to us individually as well. And so as we, as we kind of take a little bit of a, an idea of what's happening with this church, it would appear that the church in Sardis 
had kind of a mixed congregation. And we see that in, in most all of the churches, that some people were serving the Lord, other people were serving demons, other people were involved in lots of different things. And so what we see here is something very similar. So the wording would indicate that most were spiritually dead. That's how it is spoken about. You, you have a reputation that you are alive, but in reality, you are dead. So, and, and if most were spiritually dead, the Bible also tells us that there were a few who were walking with the Lord, who were still serving the Lord. And he says that, he says, you have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. So we see that there are a few that were walking with the Lord, but even those, he said, I believe, were following him, were even at risk themselves. And so what he says this, he says, strengthen those things which remain. In other words, the good things that you have, strengthen them and build them up and encourage them. Because it, it, if you don't, those are going to die too. And that's what he said. He said, strengthen those things which remain. He said, why? Because they are ready to die as well. And so it's important that we understand what we have that is good, we hold to, we strength, we're, we're strong. You know, I, I, as we were singing that song, I want to be like a tree planted by the streams of living water. You realize that the living water is talking about the Spirit of God. I mean, this living water is, is, is referring to the Holy Spirit. For out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. And that's what we see when we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We have the gifts flowing in our midst, and people are blessed and touched, and it's, it's an awesome thing. But here's the thing. Uh, I, I've noticed in a lot of places when I lived in Alaska, when you would go out into the woods in certain places, especially the further north that you get, and you would find many trees. It was very hard to walk through the woods. And the reason being is because so many trees were blown over. And I was wondering, why does that happen? Why are the trees, you know, they're not that big, and, and they're, they're blown over, just all over the place. And then what happened is I realized this. In Alaska, you have a thing called permafrost. And permafrost is something that is permanently frozen about in certain areas, two, three, four feet down, the ground never thaws. It's permanently frozen. It's called permafrost. And so the trees are not able to get their roots down deep because it can only go down so far and then it hits frozen ground. And so the roots can't go down deep like that song, let my roots go down deep. So, man, I'll tell you what, and when the wind comes and the rain comes and the ground gets saturated and wet and the wind blows, they go over because the roots are shallow. I don't want us to be that way. And my, my prayer is that you would have deep roots in the Word of God. My responsibility as a pastor is to make sure that you get the Word of God and that it's in your heart and it, you are rooted and grounded in the things of the Lord, not in the principles of the world. 
Some of the principles of the world sound pretty good, but they come up empty. And that's what we're talking about when he was talking about this church. He was talking about you have a reputation of being alive, but in reality, you are dead. And so what is the difference? And that's what I want to help you understand. I, help, I want to help you see that as we go through that today and we, we read what the Bible has to tell us. In uh, 2 Timothy, where we were, were reading earlier, he said this, having a form, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. What's he talking about? He's talking about those who have an, an appearance of godliness, but they're denying the power of real godliness. Well, what is that power? Where does that power come from? And Jesus said this in Acts 1.8. This was something that he told his disciples. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So that word power he's talking about, he said, you shall receive power. That word is the word deuteman or deutimus. And it's the same word that's used in 2 Timothy 3, 5 that says having a form of godliness but denying its power. And he said this, and you shall have power when the Holy Spirit comes up on you. Amen? So when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, the power of God will be resident in our lives. Now, I'm going to read some other scriptures because this is what's real important. What makes a church alive? What makes a church alive? What's the difference between a, an alive church and a dead church? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the same thing that makes a difference between a person who knows Christ and a person who don't. If I know Jesus, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in me. And that same spirit is where the power comes from. Without the spirit, there is no power. Let me tell you this. There is power in the flesh. There's power in the flesh. There are three, there's three sources of power in the universe. There is the power of the Holy Spirit. There is the power of the unholy spirit, and there's the power of the flesh. And the flesh is in the middle. <laughs> it's in the middle, and boy, I tell you what, if we, if we fall prey to it, we will find our flesh is controlled by darkness. But the Bible says that we need to control it and come under the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And while I'm doing that, I'm going to pray for the Jewish community that just lost all those folks, and, and um, I, I'm glad that reminded me. So let's just pray. Amen. Father, we call upon you in Jesus' name. 
For Lord, we know that God, there's not anything that escapes your attention. But Lord, we know that, that these people are hurting. And God, you are the comforter. And we pray that, Lord, somehow you would comfort them and you would reveal your goodness and your mercy to them in the midst of all the craziness that we live in in these days. And Father, I pray right now, Lord, for your comfort and your blessing. I pray for the first responders. I pray for the people who are serving all of those and for the difficulties that they find themselves in, Lord, dealing with all those who lost their lives. And we just come before you now and ask your blessing, Jesus. Amen, amen. 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the message, what is the gospel? What is the gospel when he says, not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. So what is it? For the message of the cross, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It's what happened on the cross. He bore my sin. He died in my place. He died in my place. He took my penalty. The penalty that I had because of my sin. How many of you realize that there is a consequence attached to our sin? And when I, when I realize that and understand that and come to that place where I receive that forgiveness, when I receive that forgiveness, when I, when I receive that payment for that penalty and I walk with the Lord, I am set free. Praise God. It's an awesome thing. <clears throat> so what makes a church alive? The same thing that gives us life, the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now here's sometimes what gets confusing. And I'll help you understand this. It's not busyness. It's not activities. It's not programs. Or the things that are done. Some churches are very active. They do a lot of things. They feed the poor. They might have, they might have uh, thrift shops. They might have all kinds of things that are involved in the community. And they may have a reputation for being alive, but there is no Holy Spirit. There may be some that have the Holy Spirit. I mean, I, I, I know what I'm talking about. And I've seen it. I know about it. The church, if it's going to be alive, it must be Spirit-led and driven by the Holy Spirit. It has to be. It has to be spirit-led and driven by the Holy Spirit. If it is led by the flesh or any natural means, it will be dead, even though it may appear to be live. And it may be something akin to, and don't get me wrong, not being critical of the Lions Club or the Awanas Club or any of these clubs that are out there doing good things for people, not being critical of those, but they're not churches, and they don't have the Spirit. Some people in there may be saved, I grant you that, but the fact is, 
If a church does not have the Holy Spirit functioning in its midst, it's no different than some type of service club. We have to understand that. That is the fact of the matter. It's just a social club where people are coming together and they get benefits out of it because they are having relationships with others, but in reality, it's dead spiritually. Well, what about us? What about us personally? Are we alive in the Spirit? Because a church full of people who are not alive in the Spirit is going to be a dead church. <laughs> so here we are. Ephesians 2.1 says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Ephesians 2.5, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, for by grace you have been saved. So what happens is we understand that once we were dead in trespasses and sins, he has made us alive. Colossians 2.13, and you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him having forgiven you of all trespasses. Wow. Are, are, are you with me here this morning? This is serious business. I mean, we're in a serious thing here. The Word of God tells us that, that our eternal lives and the eternal lives of our friends and family is serious business. Amen? And it's important that we understand that. And he says in 1 Peter 3, 18, for Christ also suffered once for sin. The just, speaking of him, for the unjust, speaking of us, that he might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. Wow. Alive by the Spirit. And so when we realize That the Spirit of God is what brings us to life. See, when I, when I come to the understanding that I'm a sinner, when I come to the place where I understand that I'm a sinner and there's nothing I can do about it, <laughs> once I jump off a cliff, the decision was made, right? I better hope I had a parachute or something on. Because once I jump, there's no going back. Once I sin... I'm a sinner. Actually, I'm born that way, the Bible tells me. But the fact is this. There's nothing I can do about it. And I have to come to that understanding that because I'm a sinner, there is a penalty attached to that senator. What's the senator? Senator. Could be. <laughs> There's a penalty attached to that sin that, that I have to deal with and... Fortunately, Jesus took that upon himself. He took my penalty of death. He took that. And, and what's even greater than that? He gave me the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit came and indwells me, lives in me, and he is now in me, and he goes with me everywhere I go. Hallelujah. The indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit is in me. He's with me. 
sometimes he comes upon me in great power. Praise God. And this is awesome. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the difference. There is a distinction. Having said that, every person that is born again has the Spirit of God indwelling in them. He took up residency in your life. He's with you. He's in you. There is a distinction between the indwelling Holy Spirit received at the point of salvation and the manifested presence of the Holy Spirit, which can happen in the service, at home, out in the woods, or wherever. If God chooses to manifest his power and his glory upon us, things happen. Amen? And I think that many times we, we get caught up in the whole concept that God's always with me and he's, he indwells me. But we forget about something called the Shekinah glory. And that is the very presence of the Holy Spirit making himself known in our midst through gifts, through miracles, through things that literally speak to us that we can see and feel and even hear. This presence, the Shekinah glory, can be felt. It literally can be felt by people. I've had people say, man, I feel the presence of the Lord here. And I can go in other churches and we can feel the presence of the Lord. And he's certainly not limited to this place. Amen. He's, he's all over everywhere, ministering to, to billions of people at the same time. What an awesome thing it is. He's an awesome, powerful God. But we need to recognize his presence. We need to realize that his presence is with us. Now, in the Old Testament, when they would call upon the Lord, it said that the presence of the Lord came into the temple like a cloud, and they could not stand because of the power of God upon them. Listen to this. When they came to arrest Jesus, they asked him, Are you he? And he said, I am. And it says they all fell backwards. The very presence of God. Just acknowledging who he was. Let me tell you this. If I was in that army, I think I would be very reluctant to arrest somebody that could put me down with a word. Well, that had to be a scary deal. And then, he got the, then Peter cuts the guy's ear and he heals it right in front of them. And they go, oh, man. This is not a good night. <laughs> this is not a good night. And so, so what we have to realize is, is we have an indwelling spirit that dwells in us. He is in there all the time. But there are times when the Holy Spirit wants to visit his people in a miraculous way. And he comes upon us. His Shekinah glory comes and ministers to us ministers through us and that's an awesome thing <clears throat> I have a uh, lady who and I, I don't think she would mind me sharing this but I'm not going to identify who she is but we have a lady that cleans her church great lady she comes in and and cleans her church every Saturday night she cleans a bathroom so you see those sparkly bathrooms they we got the greatest bathrooms in the whole country, I'm telling you. 
<laughs> we have people just come in just to use the bathroom for two or three hours. No. She goes to another great church, and she says, when I come here, I just feel his presence. And I clean lots of churches. But he said, sometimes, she says, sometimes I'll just sit out there on the couch and just sit here and let God minister to me. I said, wow, that's awesome. And she said, you know what's even better than that? She said, it's all the people that I meet here are great. And, they're just, and I said, well, that's, that's cool. I like it. That's good. <laughs> okay, here, listen to me. When the Holy Spirit shows up, I'm going to read some stuff. When the Holy Spirit shows up, he messes up, stirs up, cleans up, grows up, builds up, heals up, fills up, shuts up, trains up, binds up, wakes up, stands up, and burns up. That's what he does. I'm going to repeat that so you can even get more excited about that. It said, when the Holy Spirit shows up, he messes up, stirs up, cleans up, grows up, builds up, heals up, fills up, shuts up, trains up, binds up, wakes up, stands up, and burns up. Yes. At the pool of Bethesda, they would bring the sick. And it said an angel would come down and trouble the waters. They would mess up the waters, stir up the waters. And then whenever whoever jumped in for the first time would be healed. And Jesus, he didn't need the waters. He healed the servant right next to it. But here's the thing. It was the Holy Spirit just doing the work. So the Holy Spirit was troubling up the waters Messing up the waters, stirring up the waters. He said this, stir up the gift of God that is within you. Where's the gift come from? Comes from the Holy Spirit. Stir it up. So he stirs up. He cleans up. He comes in and he begins to start house cleaning in this body right here, in your body. And he starts cleaning you up. And then what he does is he grows up. He matures us in the Lord. Amen. He takes us where we are, and he causes us to mature. He grows us up in the things of the Lord. He builds up. And in Jude chapter 20, he said this. Jude, not chapter 20. There's only one chapter. Actually, uh, but it's verse 20. Building yourselves up, praying in the Holy Ghost. He builds up. He heals up. How many examples of the Holy Spirit healing people do we have to talk about. He fills up. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is an awesome thing. He fills it up. And a lot of times I say, Lord, fill me up. I, I'm driving down the road. I said, Lord, fill me up again. I need to be filled up today. Lord, fill me up so full that when people bump into me, I spill out all over. Praise God. The Spirit of God just spills out. Mm. He shuts up. What's that? He shuts up the tongue of the enemy. Praise God. He trains up. The Bible says that 
if the Holy Spirit don't teach us, we don't get taught. Holy Spirit does the teaching. I could teach all I want. If the Holy Spirit doesn't teach it and put it in your heart, it doesn't go there. Hmm. He binds up the brokenhearted. All those things that are loose and falling apart, he'll take them and put them all back together. Better than super glue. Oh, and he wakes up. Oh, wake up, all you who sleep and slumber. Be a white. Watch. Watch. So that he will not come upon you as a thief. Stands up. Causes us to stand. I, I love the scripture, and, and in my counseling many times, what I tell people is this. The Bible says, after we have done all, after we have done all, we stand. We stand with our armor in place, and we allow God to do what we cannot do. And whenever God says move, we move. But until he does... We stand with our armor in place, with the helmet of salvation on, the shield of faith. We have our, our, our self-girded with truth. We have the, we're, just, we're, we're equipped for the battle, and we stand with our armor in place. And then when God says, okay, I want you to go here and do this, then we do it. A lot of times we do things without the leading of the Holy Spirit, and it messes things up. You ever notice that? We want to do something, and we want to get, and God's saying, that's my job. Let me do that. You just do what I tell you to do, and we'll get through it. We'll get through it. <clears throat> and he burns up. And he burns up, and you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He'll burn up the chaff. He'll burn up that stuff that you don't need. He'll get it out of your life. When the Holy Spirit is poured out, he roots out, speaks out, pushes out, and pulls out. When the Holy Spirit's pulled out on us, when he pours out on us, things happen. He roots things out of our lives that don't need to be there. When we're obedient to him, he changes us. He speaks out. He lets us know what he wants. He pushes out. He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Amen? There is no room for a demon in a believer's life. When I'm filled with the Spirit, it pushes everything else out. When I'm filled with his presence, there's no room for anything else. And no, no evil spirit, nothing can come in. Why? Because I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, what an awesome thing that is. What a, pres what, a, what a great promise that is. And he pulls out. We know Christ has been pulled out of the mire. You've been pulled out of the mire? Have you been pulled out of the muck and the mire and set your feet upon the rock and know that I know that Jesus has set me on a rock? And I'm not going to be sinking in that mud and mire anymore. <clears throat> mm -hmm. 
I think we need some music. I'm going to be short a little bit today because we got this baptismal coming up. And uh, what did we do? We, we lose Eddie? Yeah. Oh, we did. Okay. <laughs> I guess we'll have to sing a cappella. <laughs> Who's going to lead that? Uh, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. Ah, me, me, yeah. Hey, let's put it like this. Where the Holy Spirit is, there is life. Where the Holy Spirit is, there is life. Where there is no spirit, there is death. If you don't have the spirit, I talked to somebody one time. They said, well, we, we don't believe that you have the Holy Spirit in your life. Romans 8 9 says this. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. So if we don't have the Spirit, we don't have Christ either. And that's an important thing for us. What I'd like to do is this. I know this may be a little bit different this morning, but um, as we look at the scriptures here, he says this. He who overcomes, in verse 5, shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name before my Father or before his angels. Jesus said this, though. He said, he that, he that denies me, I will deny before my Father. And when we come to a place when we're confronted with the very presence of God, we're confronted with our own sin, we're confronted with who we are, and if we don't know the Lord, we need to, to really find out, why not? Why not? What's more important than eternal life? Jesus said, you can gain the whole world. You have everything in this world. But if you lose your soul, what profits you? Doesn't matter what you have. I've known people who are filthy rich and they die. Doesn't matter what you have here. Doesn't matter what resources you have. If you don't have eternal life, That's a sad situation. So I'm going to ask you this. I'm not going to have a big plea. I'm not going to have a big emotional thing. But you know what? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never received him and received the salvation that is freely given to you through repentance and receiving Christ as your Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to have all the prayer team just come up and uh, my wife will play a song. She's just going to play. We'll just let the spirit lead her and we'll just play. But I'd like for you just to bow your heads and, and uh, just let the Lord minister you this morning. So if you're a part of our prayer team, I'd like for you to come up and be available to pray with people as, uh, as the needs may come up in your life. This is about salvation this morning. Those people that are going to be baptized, this is a proclamation, an outward demonstration 
of what has gone on in their heart when they've received the Lord as their Savior. There's a power that comes to be able to overcome the things of the world. And we want to make sure that that is recognized as well. We just thank you. We just praise the Lord. Just bow your heads and wait upon the Lord for a moment. If you know Christ as your Savior, would you just, in your heart, give Him thanks and praise and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that I have eternal life. But if you're here this morning and you don't know for sure, if you're not totally confident that you've received Christ as your Savior, I ask you to just stand and come forward and receive him as your Lord. That's all, just stand before the Lord right now. If you want to come down, the Lord is here for you. children if you want to have them we'll go ahead and do that we'll allow you to go get prepared but um, I should have done that a little earlier but we have others that are going to be baptized and so we can do that first amen listen God bless you and hang out if you will if you need prayer please come if not go have some lunch or stay for the baptism we'd love to have you stay all right All right.